0: the house that raised her. A good portion of my childhood was spent playing and having sleepovers at my best friend, now girlfriend, Charlie's house. Her childhood home was lovely. It's over a hundred years old and built on the location of a house that burned down years before. House, as we called it affectionately, sits on top of a basement that was original to the first home. It was built in the way that old houses are, with enough corners to round, that going through the place felt like a playground or an obstacle course to a little kid. The winding structure of the building made it feel much larger and all the more fun, save for the times it felt like something was waiting to jump out at me. There was gumwood trim in every part of the house, except for the family room, which was added on when Charlie's parents moved in. Regrettably, a good measure of the said gumwood was painted over by a previous homeowner. All this being said, it's not just the structure or age of house that makes us say it has a lot of character. Charlie and I are positive house is haunted. It has more personality than some people I know. When I say it's the house that raised her, I'm quite serious. This story begins on January 10th, 2016, when we were both 22. I received texts from Charlie about mid-morning. 10 out of 10, emergency. Dad's in the hospital. Bad accident. He was bleeding out. I'll try to spare the worst of the details, but her father had fallen leg first onto their wood splitter. To make matters worse, the blade ripped out a piece of artery. After falling, he somehow got himself from the detached garage, across the yard, up the few stairs, and into the house. Charlie was asleep upstairs at the time, and as I will explain later, it's rather hard to hear what's going on downstairs or in another part of house given the way it's built. Regardless, she would later tell me that the first time she opened her eyes that morning, she would be standing at the top of the staircase. Charlie has no memory of waking up or moving to that spot. She heard her mother call for her, but in such a breathless tone from her panic that it is a miracle Charlie heard her at all. Charlie used her hands to try and stop the bleeding and was the difference between her father living and dying. She told me the blood was so thick on the kitchen floor it was nearly black. Her father is a big man, so to say there was a lot of blood is an understatement. The police were contacted to take photos and question her as her mother went to the hospital with Charlie's father. Charlie was promised that after that was done, someone would be brought in to help her clean up the mess. At some point, her father came too at the hospital and kept saying, I fell, I fell. And that more or less seemed to satisfy the authorities that nothing suspicious was going on. Unfortunately, the police didn't send anyone like she was promised, but an old co-worker of her father's heard about the accident. The two of them scrubbed her father's blood off of the kitchen floor. By the time she contacted me, most of the cleaning was done. Can you stay with me in house? Mom's at the hospital with dad. I quickly assured her that there was no need to ask and that I would be ready when she came. Charlie picked me up and looked wrecked. Do I smell like blood? All I smell is iron on me, she said. I remember her checking and rechecking her hands as if to look for blood or maybe she was still seeing it on her despite her skin being clean. I reassured her that she didn't as she pulled out onto the street. We headed back to house, and once there, I followed Charlie with a jug of bleach into the garage. It was only about one in the afternoon at latest, which made me wonder why the garage was pitch black inside. I don't mean dark. I mean pitch black. As in I couldn't see a thing, not even the windows that usually let in light. Uh, Charlie? Yeah, I'm ignoring that. Okay. Welp. Even still, I followed her in despite her insistence that I shouldn't. Once inside, we could make out some things, but it was still far darker than it should have been, even at that time of day during a New York winter. It wasn't a matter of the sun shining off the snow and affecting my vision either, because there wasn't much, if any, snow that I can remember. I do remember seeing green grass that day, and I was thankful she didn't have to see bloody snow leading to the house. She poured the bleach on the last puddle of blood in which the aforementioned artery hunk was. It's hard to describe how I felt going into the garage and seeing the evidence of what happened that morning. It was like being a little kid again, and I just witnessed an adult I love and trust do something bad. The feelings of confusion and a nerve that comes, not only because you never thought someone or thing you trusted was capable of causing harm, but then, said adult figure turns around and is still nice to you. Do you still trust them? Believe what they did was in your best interest? Or take note of what could easily happen to you? It made my stomach turn. It wasn't pleasant to suddenly feel so vulnerable. After that, she made me promise not to enter the garage without her, ever. Once inside house, Charlie said, I'm taking another shower, all I smell is iron. Poor thing already had two showers by that point. Go right ahead, whatever you need. When I asked if she wanted me to wait for her downstairs, she declined and asked me to wait in her room. So I went upstairs to her room. Correction, I went from the bathroom, through the mud room, left into the kitchen, left then right into the dining room, through the living room, up the stairs, two more turns and down the hall and finally to her room. See what I'm getting at? Long story long, it's not hard to understand why I wouldn't be able to hear Charlie from her room. After about 20 minutes or so, maybe half an hour, that's when I heard the voice. Hello? At the time, it was so faint, I wasn't sure I really heard anything. Charlie? I asked, just in case. What? That time, I knew I heard a voice. It sounded like the person was at the base of the stairs, or maybe even on the staircase. That doesn't sound like Charlie, I thought. I also didn't remember hearing her approach. The old floorboards creak badly, but I also told myself I could have just not realized I heard them. I was understandably distracted given the events that day and my worry for my friend. Yeah? Need something, sweetie? voice really didn't sound like Charlie's. It was far too soft, but she was just in the shower. Plus, she's exhausted, and if she was crying, then she's gonna sound a little off. What? I heard that soft-toned woman's voice again. What is it? I answered patiently. A third time, something asked me. What? By this point, I was sure that this was not Charlie. Even still, I answered again. Charlie, what do you need, sweetheart?" There was a several-second pause, but it had felt far longer. I noted again how I couldn't hear the wood of the floorboards. They'd creak if you would fidget or shifted your weight even just a touch. And yet, still silent. Just as I was sure there wouldn't be another response, I hear the voice again. She needs you. Who's she? I'm not talking to Charlie. I knew it was house, or rather, something in house. Even as my gut was firmly telling me this is not a living human, my mind was trying to puzzle it out. Maybe it's Charlie's mom, I thought to myself. I waited, stuck between the anxiety of she asked me to wait upstairs for a reason and the anxiety of what if she needs me down there? There was probably five or 10 minutes of that before the wood downstairs began to creak and Charlie came upstairs. Going for casual, I asked Charlie when her mother had gotten home. She's not. I don't even know if dad's out of surgery yet. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought I. Never mind. The look on Charlie's face said she knew there was more to that than just never mind, but she was probably too exhausted to push at the time. As the afternoon faded into evening, I was able to get her to eat, and we talked more about the events of the day in an attempt to process even a portion of what happened. I explained my experience from a couple of hours prior, to which Charlie said, Oh, usually when that happens to me, it sounds like a man saying my name. Looking back, I'm not sure how calm we should have been about all this, all things considered. Then again, house being haunted had become as normal to us as thunderstorms. Sometimes it was louder than usual but it just happens. Life goes on. Inevitably, the garage came up again that night. There's something different out there, Charlie said at one point. When I asked her to explain, she said, house is part poltergeist, part something else, something intelligent. But whatever is in the garage is dark. That made sense to me, especially the poltergeist part based on what I understand of those types of haunts. Charlie grew up in that house her entire life. Without going into detail, out of respect and privacy's sake, she's had more than her fair share of mental health struggles and trauma even before that fucked up January day. Her adolescence was especially rocky for her, and that continued in some form into our young adulthood. There's no magic wand to wave to make such things go away. All the more to feed the proverbial beast and make House more active, I suppose. House was mischievous, Sometimes too much so, but never so aggressive it would hurt someone. Annoy someone, spook someone, or unnerve them, sure, but not hurt, much less so severely. Maybe I'm selfish, but hearing her tell me that it wasn't House that did that to her dad relieved some of the anxiety and confusion from earlier for me. There was still a problem, of course, but it felt safe to still trust House. Charlie was sure her father was pushed. He's not exactly what I would call a graceful man, and while I can't say for sure it wasn't just gravity that led to this, I was in the garage that day. Sure, the knowledge of what happened, seeing the blood and part of an artery, and not least of all, seeing the impact of the incident on my friend, it impacted how I felt. I don't deny that at all. However, none of those things, as far as I'm aware, would affect my sense of sight. It was pitch black in the middle of the day, in a garage with clean windows. Maybe it was just gravity that led to him falling, but either way, it would be a while before I would go back into that garage again. Why would it do that? I asked her. She got very quiet before finally saying, I don't know, trying to protect me, but going the wrong way about it. Her father isn't a pleasant man. I'll leave it at that for now. I will say, however, he's the source of a lot of her distress through the years. According to Charlie, something had had enough of his bullshit. Something pushed him just as sure as something got me to the top of the stairs to hear mom this morning, Charlie told me, I know it. I stayed a few more hours asking her more than once if she needed me to stay with her in house that night. She said no and insisted she would be fine until her mother got home. The next evening, not long after sundown, Charlie texted me asking me if that offer was still open. I was big, to say the least. Charlie doesn't ask for help, especially back then, and never accepted it even when she could use it. I'll be over in two shakes, I texted back. I grabbed the bag I had already packed that afternoon, just in case. I told my parents I was going and was out the door. That was the beginning of my time living with Charlie on and off for the next two or three months. This wasn't my first experience at house, and it was far from my last. Hi, I'm Jamie Markey.
1: And I'm Michael Tatum. And this?
0: Is Ghoul Intentions.
1: Did I take that from you? What? (laughs) Am I supposed to say in this, or do you say in this? No, you say in this. God, I can't Did you forget remember. already? Hi, man! I am so wiped out from the gym Oh, yeah. But I am like prematurely tired. And it gets darker.
0: Yeah, it gets darker earlier. Now I'm not earlier used now, to the time we do
1: it, so it's like my body starts like feeling confused.
0: Right. Well, so and my body maybe my body's like it's
1: dark and you're sore. Let's just go to sleep.
0: Maybe after that story, your body's just like shut it down. Just shut. Yeah, it Yeah,
1: I think that's a very <laughs> natural reaction to hearing. It. It's just such a visceral. Ooh,
0: yes, that was Ooh. Melissa. Thank you, Melissa, for that story. It was terrifying. That's and Ugh, Ooh. yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Well yeah.
1: written,
0: too.
1: Yes, very well written. And so well thank you so much for freaking us all out. Yeah, yeah. 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 My Ugh. goodness. Oh, God. Okay, slide myself. Wait. you mess. Bringing myself into the present now. Yes, um,
0: join us.
1: What's our name? Our name, our title yes. this week. you what's know it. What's our name? What's our name? It's My cool name intentions. is Michael and your name, we've already been through that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 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 Where am I? Uh, yes, our title this week, Uh, Is, I thought it'd be fun to call it um, a time and a place for everything from the old saying, like, there's a time and a place for everything, it's called college. Yes, it's Um, called college. Because we have quite a smorgasbord of things where it seems like we've just got about just about everything in this episode. We do. It's
0: very hard to narrow down colleges. And colleges have some of the most diverse hauntings. Yes,
1: makes sense because they're kind of melting pots when you think about it. At yeah, least absolutely. The really good colleges are. That's true. That's very true. Yeah,
0: so you're okay. starting. What's college are you
1: doing? I'm starting. Uh, I decided University? to do, uh, Smith. Smith College. Okay, Where And is that? um It's in Northampton, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's it's up in New England, and um, I must confess I knew very little about it, but it's well documented for being haunted as fuck. It's not so much the the college buildings the uh, the admin or the like classroom buildings that are known for being haunted. It's all the houses where the students dorm.
2: Oh. Um,
1: and there's a there's quite a oh, few there. Oh, good.
2: It's
0: places where people sleep and yeah, you take showers. Yeah. Oh, Which makes
1: sense. I think great. you notice hauntings more in that environment than you would in one that's highly <sighs> trafficked. You know, yeah, I that's mean? true. Um, the quieter ones. So it makes sense. And there's so many, and there there's a lot of little buildings, a mm-hmm. lot of little houses where people stay. And there, many of them are really fucking old. Yeah. Um, or at least, uh, you know, older than, you know, um, like more than a century old which for america is old
0: right so and i just I'll... need to say that right now in this moment we've we've just heard that creepy story and we're sitting in near the dark in my office
1: yeah it's like that weird twilight area. kind of dark
0: yeah the but the curtains are drawn so And we it's have kind the, of lights dark low, so the lights are low, so it's
1: moody. It makes it, you know. And
0: the space, it seems very small because of the sound stuff we have <laughs> yes. around. And it's also um, pretty chilly outside. It's cold outside, so it's getting yeah. really cold in here. It's kind of the perfect... Uh, the perfect setup to be fucking terrified. So if I, if either one of us
1: begins to see their breath or the other's breath. I'm out, Marky uh, out. I'm out too, I'm <laughs> out too. This will be a very fucking short episode.
0: Or very long. We'll come in tomorrow yeah. You'll stopping. be out
1: and I'll stay in here and I'll be like, okay. Uh.
0: <laughs> Matt, listen to all of this stuff. See if you hear anything freaky because I'm not doing
1: it. I just have a feeling, I do have a feeling Matt's going to be like, guys, what was that? We heard a bang just now. We were we recording a Ghosticles. Yeah. Earlier today. And... um. Was it right the Ghost calls or while you were reading the story? I can't remember. Oh, it's as well as reading the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, for this episode. Yeah. You were reading the story for yeah. this episode, and we heard a loud ass bang coming from downstairs. It felt like downstairs, but it, was, it sounded like a door slamming, and yeah. it shook the whole fucking floor. Yeah up here and of but course Jack slammed. heard it too he's downstairs but he's like I don't I didn't yeah
0: it could have been door. a neighbor but that would have been a really hard slam they're having a fight or we, we're not, not hearing any yelling because we would absolutely go downstairs and listen to it yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> we, we put our glasses we, on we the yeah, wall glasses on the wall <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are they bitching about tumblers
1: like? on the wall not, tumblers, not glasses yeah. like our glasses yeah, that like... makes no sense at all yeah Um, but yeah for, come on, for those glasses. of you that don't know how to eavesdrop pop- properly that's how you now you know Um. anyway so Smith College have you ever heard of Smith College? You I know, haven't, know? Okay. No. So it was chartered in 1871 at the bequest of a woman named Sophia Smith mm. and opened its doors in 1875 with 14 students and six faculty members. Now, at the age of 65, um, Sophia Smith had decided to leave the fortune she had inherited from her father, who was a very wealthy farmer, uh, to found a women's college. The moral obligation, she felt, is expressed quite eloquently, I felt, in the clause of her will. Uh, Quote, I hereby make the following provisions for the establishment and maintenance of an institution for the higher education of young women with the design to furnish for my own sex, means, and faculties for education equal to those which are afforded now in our college's Two young men.
2: I you like it.
1: Go, Sophia Smith. Um, so a little history about the college before we get into the hauntings, because I think it's a really impressive school. If I, it must be said, by about 1916. Enrollment was a little more than 1,700 and faculty was around 163 people. Today, with some 2,600 undergraduates on campus and 250 students studying off campus, Smith is the largest privately endowed college for women in the United States. Oh. The United States Naval Reserve Midshipman School at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts was a training ground for junior officers of the Women's Reserve of the U.S. Naval Reserve. Uh, it's, it's called, uh, there's a term for that, WAVES. It's an acronym. Oh. Um, it's a... Um, uh, uh, women oh what's it? I'll get to it it's a, da, 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 da. women accepted for emergency volunteer service I was going to guess What would you guess?
0: Women are v- very entertaining species.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well in that case you're definitely a waves. Um <laughs> Thank uh, you. But that training ground, the the training grounds for the junior officers was nicknamed the USS Northampton. And on August 28, 1942, a total of 120 women reported to the school for training. That was
2: 1942.
1: Wow. Uh, Harriet Ida Pickens and Frances Wills, the first African American waves, the women accepted for emergency volunteer services. Uh, graduated there. They were members of the final graduating class uh, at USNR Midshipman School uh, on December 21st, 1944. So that was, of course, uh, serving in the war. Um, Smith had been led, uh, has been led by 11 presidents and two acting presidents. Um, Elizabeth Cutter Morrow was the first acting president of Smith College and the first female head of the college, but she did not use the title of president at the time. For the, 1970, for the 1975 centennial, the college inaugurated its first woman president, Jill Kerr Conway, who came to Smith from Australia by way of Harvard and the University of Toronto. Since President oh, wow. Conway's term, all Smith presidents have been women, with the exception of John M. Connolly's one-year term as acting president in the interim after President Simmons left to lead Brown
0: University. <laughs> so they're like, get him the fuck out of I'm there. Like, okay, <laughs>
2: Here, that's it <laughs> bye um,
1: <laughs> interestingly enough because i was going to talk about the architecture the campus was planned and planted in the uh, 1890s as a botanical garden and an arboretum designed by a guy named frederick law olmsted who is considered the far, uh, the father of american landscape architecture oh. um the campus now encompasses 147 acres and includes more than 1200 varieties of trees and shrubs Ew. and if you look at pictures online it is absolutely Gorgeous. I yeah. I mean, it's just, God, can I just go to school here?
0: <laughs> I guess. I just want to read um, in the park. Um,
1: I do. Now, Smith requires most undergraduate students to live in on-campus houses unless they reside locally with their family. This policy is intended to add to the camaraderie and social cohesion of the students. Unlike most institutions of its type, Smith College does not have dorms, but rather 36 separate houses, ranging uh, widely in architectural styles dating from the 18th century to the contemporary. That
0: is interesting that they do that instead mm-hmm. of dorms. It is. I was required experience. to stay at the dorms.
1: Yeah, the first yeah. year. I was. Uh, I had to do. Uh, I was in an off-campus uh, apartment mm. with four other guys. But that was different. I was in a pedagogy school, and they, the dorms weren't reserved for us because right. it was for more for it was a different school, different program. Right. Uh, a not. I like this. A um, uh, two little things. It is rumored that Chapin House, one of the one of the. Uh, one of the dorms, not not a dorm dorms, uh, <laughs> was the inspiration for the Terra Plantation House in Gone with the Wind because oh. uh, the author, Margaret Mitchell, went to Smith for one year and lived in Chapin before she wrote the book. Huh. A novelty of Smith's home-like atmosphere continues to be the popularity of Sophia Smith's recipe for molasses cookies that are uh, served at the traditional Friday afternoon tea held oh. in each house uh, where students, faculty, and staff members That's and alumni point. socialize. Uh, Two cultural spaces on campus used by students of color to build their community include the Mwagni Cultural Center and Unity House. Mwagni originally opened as the Afro-American Cultural Center in 1968, but was later renamed in honor of the first female physician in Kenya and Smith alum, Dr. Nagendo uh, Mwangi. Mwangi, excuse me, M-W-A-N-G-I, I'm fucking sorry if I'm saying that name Wrong because God knows that person deserves <laughs> respect. <laughs> um, after loaning the Mwanji Center to the other cultural organizations on campus for four years, the Black Students Alliance reclaimed it in April of 1990. Leaders, members, and supporters of cultural organizations got together to form a group called Unity in October of the same year to demand a space for other cultural organizations. Today, Unity House serves as a home to the 11 cultural organizations on campus. That's Two cool. recent additions. It's really cool, very forward thinking. But I mean, it seems like this. this Seems like this institution was kind of born of forward thinking. Two recent additions to the campus, both of which enhance its sense of community, are the architecturally dramatic campus center and the -the state-of-the-art uh, Olin Fitness Center. The campus center is really fucking sweet. I love the way it looks. I, oh yeah, of course I'm, you do. I do, it's like, I just, God, I want it to be my house. <laughs> In uh, 2009, construction was also completed on Ford Hall, a new science and engineering facility. According to the Smith College website, Ford Hall is quote, a facility that will intentionally blur the boundaries between traditional disciplines, creating an optimum environment for students and faculty to address the key scientific and technological developments of our time.
2: Ooh. End
1: quote. The building was officially dedicated on October 16th, 2009. The campus also boasts a botanic garden that includes a variety of specialty gardens and historic glass greenhouses dating back all the way to 1895. How fucking cool is that? Yeah,
2: that is um, cool.
1: The botanic garden formerly featured a Japanese tea hut, which was removed in October 2015 following concerns over, quote, issues of safety and vandalism. Couldn't find more about that, but it could be that, um, I, I don't, I couldn't find an incident of any like graffiti or vandalism, mm-hmm. but it might be there they they were threats or something, or it might be that uh, the tea house itself was just so delicately constructed that they're like, ah, it's not going to survive mm-hmm. a strong wind or something. So they may have, don't know. I tried to do a little research this on that what, and I couldn't find it. In my
0: movie, mm-hmm. someone fucked it up. And so they're like, we'll just say, we'll just make this statement. But in reality, someone of note at the college had just done something stupid and knocked the whole thing down.
1: That's sad. (laughs)
0: That's what I think Um, happened.
1: Tea houses are so cool. And and the the traditional tea ceremony, Japanese tea ceremony, is a fascinating thing. Have you ever done one?
0: No, but I've seen them, of course. But uh, no, in my mind, in my movie, though, this is a fucking hilarious moment. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> don't mean to. It just, you know, it's like you pull the one thread and then the whole thing just comes right down. It's or like, in
1: my Fuck. movie, the, the place burned down because someone was really trying to impress someone else and yeah. by b- 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 pretending they knew how to conduct a, t- a Japanese tea ceremony and mm. like, you know, caught it on fire. Right. Um, it's very like Three's a Company moment. Three's uh, threes Company. Yeah. So, uh, Smith offers panel discussions and seminars for lesbian, bisexual, and trans- uh, transgender students on subjects such as coming out as transgender in the workforce. Wow. In 2003, Smith's students Voted to remove pronouns from the language of the Student Government In 2003? Association. Mm-hmm. in order to make uh, uh, in order to make the constitution of the college inclusive of transgender students who didn't aden- or don't identify with the pronouns she and her That's until awesome. 2013 transgender women were not allowed to attend Smith unless all their legal documentation consistently stated they were female this policy came to public attention in March of that year when Smith rejected the application of a trans woman named Calliope Wong in the rejection letter Smith's dean of admissions uh, Deborah Shaver wrote quote your FF. Your FAFSA, Free Application for Federal Student Aid, FAFSA, indicates your gender as male, therefore Smith cannot process your application, end quote. This policy was changed in 2013 to only require all non-legal application materials to indicate a female identity, including references. Not satisfied with the change, students as well as various alumni subsequently protested the policy on social media, and in 2015, Smith revised its enrollment policy to require female identification only on the common application." Good for them. Uh, Smith College has many different houses serving as dormitories. As I said, each house is self-governing. While many students remain in the same house for the entirety of their four years at Smith, they're not obligated to do so and may move to different houses on campus as space allows. While houses previously collected dues in the 2019-2020 school year, that is to say, right now, um, they were eradicated to avoid placing financial pressure on low-income students or students who are otherwise unable to pay. Like, goddamn. Can... I just, I love them. I I love them. I want to go there. Can like society be this way? (laughs) Houses are found in four main regions of the campus, Upper and Lower Elm Street, Green Street, Center Campus, and the Quadrangle. Each region can in turn be divided into smaller areas to more precisely provide the location of the house in question. In 2019, the college shifted from officially recognizing the four main areas of campus to instead categorizing houses in four neighborhoods, Ivy, Paradise, Mountain, and garden. <laughs> this change was largely internal and categorizes houses by size rather than exact location. Now, Smith has numerous folktales and ghost stories attached to its historic buildings. One such tale holds that Sessions House is inhabited by the ghost of Lucy Hunt, a woman who died of a broken heart, It said after being separated from her lover, General Bogonier. Her ghost appears to predate the building's history as a campus house. Built in 1751 by the Hunt family, the home has a secret staircase where, according to legend, the Hunt's eldest daughter, Lucy, would rendezvous with General Bourgogne, of whom the family deeply disapproved. The two were ultimately driven apart, and in the 1880s, it was believed the ghost of a heartbroken Bourgogne haunted the staircase. Since Sessions' house became part of the college housing in the 20th century, however, the specter took on a decidedly feminine identity, and some former residents of Sessions' house claimed to have seen Lucy's uh, ghost in the stairwell. Hmm. So... That's the sort of long and short of the history of the campus leading into the ghost stories. I went online and found a bunch of really great write ups of personal stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. So here's a smattering of the. um, Love it. uh, There's like, at least, there's there's pretty much, with the exception of maybe three of the the 36 houses, every fucking house has at least one ghost story attached to it. I love it. Not more. Uh, so, and, and this is uh, from Smith's own website, many of them. In an oh, really? institution that has been around as long as Smith College, one would naturally expect myths and legends to grow. Although some stories are better known than others, many houses have unique traditions of hauntings that have sprung up over the years, ranging from the romantic to the perplexing. 150 Elm Street gives an example of the less well-known but endemic traditions of ghosts many houses have. Although there is no specific house ghost, one resident was kind enough to there share- I am. her.
0: Is
2: there, an, is, there an, is there a nightmare on the, oh. on Elm Street, huh, huh, huh? You like it, <laughs> you love it.
1: I set you up for that. <laughs> um, although there is no specific house ghost on at Elm Street, one resident was kind enough to share her recollections. As she recounted, one event involved the bathroom broom closet door constantly being open, even when no one had opened it, after asking Miss Clara, the previous deceased owner of the house, to keep it closed. It stayed closed. Oh. Another event in the Elm Street house found mysterious knockings from the ceiling and the walls in one of the upstairs bedrooms after the lights were turned out. The resident could not discover the cause of the noise and attribute it to a good night message. <laughs> the final incident uh, occurred on the second floor. A group of residents... was. I just... W-
0: sorry. <laughs> I
2: was like this
0: idea of all this noise coming from, <laughs> from the ceiling and the resident just being like... Good night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of the ghost not knowing how really upsetting that is for someone like trying to drift off to <laughs> sleep. The ghost being like, "Good night."
2: This <laughs> so is night. a little little
1: obnoxious. There ghost Sweet um, A group of residents was waiting for their friend who lived on the second floor. Moments after locking her door, she realized she had left something and needed uh, needed to go up in a room, turn back to go get it. Upon unlocking the door she found she could not open it, as a bookcase next to it had been moved so that it wedged the door shut from the inside of what had been an unoccupied and locked room. They eventually managed to open the door, but no mechanism for moving the shelf was found.
2: Wow.
1: Moving on to Baldwin House. While there is no historic evidence to support ghost stories in Baldwin House, residents still claim hauntings occur. Most stories center around the attic, hashtag fuck an attic, and Mm -hmm. upper floors. Hashtag fuck upper floors. I mean,
0: in reality, until the next floor is built, the upper floor is always the attic. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that's true. You got three floors. Um, the
0: second, the third floor is the attic. By that Four logic, floor? does
1: that mean that every first floor is a basement? No, no, basement, basement? basement? has to be underground. Okay. What about the first floor of a house that's like built into the like the side of a hill, and it's like you know, and so the, the first floor is kind of underground. Is that still a basement? I
0: feel like it depends on the windows.
1: Fair. Uh, <laughs> I love, this is why you listen, guys, for hear us uh, bandy about the really hard-hitting topics. That's
0: right. Um, now you know.
1: Fourth-floor residents, which are the highest floor, recount hearing noises uh, such as footsteps and banging to the uh, and dragging of large objects in the attic late at night on numerous occasions. Although examination at the time found the attic door locked, one story has damp footsteps leading from the old location of the fourth-floor bathroom, which had changed some years prior. To the attic, one resident had the uh, said the attic door uh, slammed shut on her as she was about to enter the attic, and another had the attic lights turned out, only to find uh, no one was there. <laughs> uh, similarly, residents' lights on the third floor have turned on and off for no apparent reason. Finally, one past resident reportedly saw a translucent figure walk through her wall, pause at her roommate's bed, and exit through the other wall. Mm. Popular rumor has it that hauntings are caused by one of the old house mothers and that she turns off lights to tell students studying late uh, that it's time to go to bed. Right. <laughs> I sense another ghost going like, I know okay, is hard, but you have to get your sleep. Like, out.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's um, very sweet.
1: Chase house. What you going to say? Go to bed. What, go, oh, to go to bed.
0: I just sneeze. It's right oh, there.
1: Go Someone's sneeze, thinking about sneeze. me. The ghost of a... Yes, uh, come on you it's it. you almost can there do it. you can do it. just nope it's uh, going yeah, away. <laughs> uh, 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 no nope. uh, oh it's I was gone. gonna try to, I was gonna try to do the yawn thing and see if it worked for sneezing
0: no it'll just make me yawn. oh um. <laughs> you're so sneezing. You make me yawn. <laughs> all right all right sorry sorry. good night it'll surprise um, us all when it happens
1: <laughs> chase house is the home of perhaps the most gruesome ghost mm. of Smith College as the story goes prior to the house's acquisition by the college in 1968 and even prior to its establishment as a girls school in the 1870s, it was a boarding house for single working women. One of the boarders became pregnant out of wedlock and in order to disguise her shame, had a friend kill the baby immediately upon giving birth and subsequently died herself. Mm. As an article in the Sophia in the school newspaper put it, quote, in death, she was reunited with her baby and she now carries it in her arms as she traverses the house. Her footsteps are clearly heard and so are the occasional wails of her child. It seems
0: more likely uh, that it was just a, a woman that died in childbirth, not necessarily maybe, that somebody maybe. killed it's the baby. And, then and just... I did
1: look up some stuff, and there it's it's unsubstantiated, but right. there are there are a lot of records of people hearing the crying and the footsteps and stuff. Though no 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 firsthand reports I could find of seeing the apparition of a woman with a baby. Right. But I mean. Kind of weird to be in a college dorm and hear a baby crying, that's right? One of the last places you'd expect to hear it, so it's like that's a, that that raises some.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they <laughs> were there. were um... their houses before, right? <laughs> there were homes
1: before that. Well, exactly. But well, what so... I'm saying is, if you're there in a, as a in a dorm capacity, oh, it's not there, right? It baby, then. Yeah, it yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, that's baby. Yeah, it's like that's yeah. a fucking ghost. Um... <laughs> So, uh, uh, baby crying uh, in a dorm, (laughs) it's a ghost. Now we have uh, Clark House. A 1973 Sophian article asserts that the spirit of the girl who the fountain in front of Burton is modeled after, haunts Clark House, quote, uh, is supposedly a memorial in the likeness of a girl who died while a resident of Clark shot by a jealous lover. Oh. However, the inaccurate rendering of the story of the fountain, the girl in fact died of a sudden illness calls the story into question. So eh fuck a bunch of that. So it was um, sudden. It was sudden. It was sudden. I couldn't find any stories about these it. it's, it's kind of a bit of a some bit of an urban legend about her ghost on the place, but right. I couldn't find any personal stories about it. Just kind of a, the traditional stories. Right. Um passing over Gillette House where there are no ghosts. <laughs> 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 Apparently. Juliet, not yet. Um,
0: now there are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now one of my favorites, Northrop House. Northrop's house, uh, Northrop's ghost, is a romantic one. As the tale goes, a Northrop resident, known only as Francine, went to Italy one uh, on her junior year abroad and fell in love with an Italian named uh, Francino.
2: <laughs> Francine
1: <laughs> Francine and Francino. I can imagine them bonding over their names I though, can you? Uh, they remained in correspondence and planned to elope, but the letters abruptly stopped. Francine was heartbroken and disappeared finally being presumed dead. The rocking chair she left behind was said to have been observed rocking without anything to move it. The Sophia notes that a girl in 1968 uh, with Francine's room witnessed the phenomenon with her own rocking chair. However, no records of a missing Smith student by the name of Francine were available, but given the time, it's not yeah. right, people disappeared. Um, there's a house called Parsons House. That's another one that apparently has no ghosts. Okay. <laughs> it was this list, it was like, Parsons House, no ghosts here, um, <laughs> and everybody
0: at Parson's house is like, "This place is haunted as fuck." I'm like, goddammit,
1: it, guys, we got to up our up our ghost game. <laughs> uh, now, Park House's ghost story is based actual in in fact in uh, it features the tragic story of the accidental death of one of the residents, uh, Janine M. Robeson, in 1925. Robeson, a senior, was found in the third floor kitchenette on November 13th.
0: <gasps> uh, oh, my God, that's today. Today. Michael, you did it.
1: I, you did it. I yeah. did it. Um... I'm sorry that really off. hit me because we're recording. <laughs> so you guys, we're, we're recording this on November 13th. So just so you know, this Ow, is why we're freaking out. Down. Um. So Robeson, a senior. Well, let me just start over again. Robeson, <laughs> a senior, was found. It, I, my mind is blown. I don't know. I de- how did I do this? Um.
0: <laughs> you got it from watching me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you all right? I learned by watching you. Robeson, a senior, was found in the third floor kitchenette on November 13th, dead of asphyxiation. She had been in the kitchenette in the evening to do ironing and had turned on the gas stove, but before she could light it, she either tripped or. Fainted and hit her head She remained unconscious for the whole night And was slowly asphyxiated by the gas From the stove because all doors To the kitchenette and nearby bedrooms were closed No residents noticed the smell of gas Until the morning when she was discovered Robeson's spirit is believed To still haunt House.
0: Oh my gosh I have so many goosebumps right Right. now
1: I know Oh, Oh, Poor thing what a way to go Um so you have to be careful uh so we gotta circle back to Sessions house it was the one with with the 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 ill the, Ill, the uh, ill-fated lovers okay the most well-known Smith ghost story by far is that of Sessions house the building is one of the oldest in Northampton dating from the 1750 uh, from 1751 when it was built by Lieutenant Hunt the origins of the ghost story date to the Revolutionary War as the story goes after his capture by the revolutionaries in 1777 General John gentleman Johnny Burgoner a general of the British army, was held as a-
0: second Burgundy.
1: Hmm?
0: Is that the second Burgundy?
1: No, this, this is the same guy. Oh, that's the we're same we're guy. We're just going into more detail. Right.
0: It makes me think of food, and that's why it stands <laughs> out to me.
1: It makes me think of wine. Um, General, so, so- I know,
0: either way, he sounds delicious.
1: <laughs> so he, I mean, he probably was. He was called Gentleman Johnny. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, he was held prisoner in Sessions' house where he fell in love with Lucy, one of the lieutenant's daughters. Because he was a British shol- sol- soldier, because he was a British soldier, God, that's hard to say, mm-hmm. because he was a British soldier, that's mm. why they roll the R's. Um <laughs> The love was, alas, forbidden. But rumor has it that the lovers still met on a secret staircase hidden in the house as an escape route during Native American attacks. Eventually, General Bourgogne returned to England. The fate of his lover is less clear. Legend has it that Lucy went into a decline and eventually died, or even that she was actually an entirely different woman, uh, someone named Martha Henshaw, who married and lived happily with her husband, Samuel Henshaw, thereafter. Accounts are given of the ghosts in Sessions' house. One holds that General Bourgogne still wanders Sessions' house looking for his love, while the other has the two ghostly lovers still rendezvousing on the secret stair. In fact, the secret stair is not just a romantic fiction, but a real feature of Sessions' house. A long standing tradition, started by Sessions' first house mother, is to have the new residents of Sessions search for the staircase on Halloween each year.
2: Oh,
0: is fun? That is really good.
1: Moving on to Talbot House.
0: I'm still stuck on the 96 year anniversary. Isn't that crazy? It that was 96, right?
1: 96, was it? 96?
0: 96 years, what
1: year was it? Uh, what was your, what was the thing? What, 1920 going back something. To? 1927, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Ugh. Oh, okay. Talbot 90, House. 96, incidentally, was the first year I started college. Oh, wow, wow.
1: It was 94 for me. It's
0: because um, you're so much older than myself.
1: Bitch. <laughs> Uh, As the president of Talbot House reports, Talbot House has two ghosts. The first is a mysterious woman in white.
2: Bitches are white. Who
1: runs across the porch late at night? She has also been seen standing under the under the street lights in front of the house, as well as the light in the parking lot between Talbot and Lamont. She's always in a white dress, almost like a wedding gown. She has long brown hair and is of average height. When she runs across the porch, she jumps over the rail and disappears. Mm-hmm. When seen under the street lights and in the parking lot, the woman in white stares off vacantly until she until she acknowledges your presence. At which point, she vanished. <laughs> The better-known ghost in Talbot House is Thomas. Thomas was a little boy who was killed by his quote-unquote friends when the house was used by the Bessie Capon School. Because Thomas was chubby and not as quick as the other boys, he was teased and mistreated by his peers. But Lord
0: of the Flies, Tim.
1: Oh. Oh, I'm triggered. That story really <laughs> fucks me up, sorry. So one winter, uh, the boys were playing a game of hide and seek and they asked Thomas to play. He was overjoyed by the invitation since the boys were generally not nice to him and he so he joined in the game. Unfortunately for poor Thomas, the boys' invitation was just another cruel joke. When the game started, two of the boys led Thomas up to the attic. They told him to go in first and they would come in behind him. Instead, they slammed the door shut as soon as he was up the stairs and ran away. Hmm. A few days later, Thomas was reported missing. When the teachers came to the attic, they found Thomas, who had died of dehydration. Thomas still endures in Talbot. Before the attic was locked, Thomas would frequent the fourth floor bathroom. He would turn on the faucets, flush the toilets, and was sometimes seen washing his hands. One family weekend, a mother had an entire conversation with Thomas. As she walked out of the bathroom, she turned back to say goodbye to him. He had disappeared.
0: Oh, but at least she had a conversation
1: with him. Since the attic has been locked, uh, Talbotiers residing on the fourth floor can hear footsteps and running through the ceiling. Sometimes there are faint knocking sounds at the attic door. Oh. Turney House has no ghosts.
0: (laughs) I like to think that Thomas haunted the shit out of those kids, though. Right. whole lives.
1: Right. I like to think that. Fucking fucking asshole kids. (sighs) Poor kid. Uh, so uh, Wilder House is next said to be the home to a ghost named Gloria the spirit of a student who hung herself in a downstairs room what? hanged herself thank you ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, you took the bait I love it <laughs> look at me acting like I did that on purpose as a, <laughs> as a <I'm> sorry <laughs> <I'm> sorry what <laughs> That's the Sophia article from the 1970s states, quote, No one knows any apparent reason for her death, though, of course, an unhappy love affair is suspected. The report continues uh, to note that Gloria's spirit is thought to have remained in Wilder and that her footsteps are still heard in the attic. According to the article, at one point, a recording of those footsteps was made by a student. It should be noted that there are no records, however, of a suicide in Wilder House in the archives.
2: Hmm.
0: There's a lot Uh, of attic shit going on in these houses. uh,
1: Yes, 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 yes. So this addict. comes, so I'm gonna close with this nice chunk of an article that I found from um, a website, Western Mass Paranormal. Western, okay. Master, uh, Massachusetts, uh, uh, ghost hunting um, or paranormal society. And they write, (laughs) Some years ago, I knew a woman who worked in the kitchen and dining hall of Sessions House, a dormitory for women attending Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts. It wasn't long after she started working there that she noticed odd things happening. Glasses would be tipped over, things disappeared or moved, and noises could be heard when no one else was there to make them. Eventually, it seemed she had company in the kitchen. One late afternoon as she was preparing dinner, uh, preparing not repairing dinner <laughs> that's what I do um, when I'm like sorry guys I fucked this up let me do it again I can fix it I'll have the burned omelet um, <laughs> one late afternoon as she was preparing dinner she felt as though someone was standing close by watching her the hair on the back of her neck stood up as she slowly turned around to look she saw someone standing there staring at her <laughs> as soon as their glances met the woman faded away Not knowing what to do next, she finished preparing the meal. She never felt frightened, per se, but she never felt alone again either. Turns out this wasn't the first time this woman has been seen, and it probably wasn't the last. Mm -hmm. But who is she? You scared the shit out of me with that green light.
0: Sorry, I'm looking for ghosts.
1: She gets this fucking green light. It's like a ghost detector. And she just kind of lit it from under the table on the wall. And in my peripheral vision, I just see this flash of this green pattern. I'm like, ah, she's here with us.
0: So if a shadow moves, we can see it.
1: It's, it's really pretty but it's it just yes. uh, Northampton, Massachusetts was the first inhabited was first inhabited around 1654 dwellings went up and strong stockades were stockades excuse me were erected <laughs> for protection from possible Native American uprisings around 1710 Captain Jonathan Hunt decided to leave the confines of the encampment and build a large three story colonial home just outside the stockade realizing that attacks from local tribes were probable Hunt had a secret passageway built that led down to the Connecticut River as an escape route for the the household. As the house changed hands from family to family over time, um, the house has had additions uh, and renovations, but the secret staircase still remains. The last family to occupy the house was that of Mrs. Ruth Huntington Sessions. She used to, she used to rent the rooms there to students attending Smith College. In 1921, she sold what has become known as Sessions House to Smith, College, to Smith College, and it remains a dormitory for women living on campus. There are a number of theories about who the ghost could be, but no one uh, has any kind of conclusive evidence as of yet. British General John Burgundy is said to have been detained at Sessions House during the Revolutionary War. It is rumored that during that time, he and Jonathan Hunt's oldest daughter, Lucy, fell in love and met the secret tunnel to escape her parents' disdaining glands, blah, 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 blah. It was during one of those secret trips that Lucy fell to her death, sneaking from her room to meet her love. That is one version of the story. Mm. Um, is she still there waiting to see her beloved Johnny once again? Although this is a wonderfully romantic story, I have not been able to find any solid information supporting the hypothesis that Bourguignon had ever been near Sessions' house after his defeat at Saratoga. Another theory is that a woman, once living in the house with her family, awoke one night to weird noises. She went to explore with an axe in hand. Good thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking I like her stumb- style. <laughs> She's like, fuck She sees gun, axe, axe. Um, <laughs> I don't want to put a bolt in the wall. I want
0: to know how I really
1: feel. <laughs> don't got to reload an axe. <laughs> um, <laughs> She went to explore. Melee! (laughs) She went to explore. You get extra points for that. Thank you. Thinking (laughs) she had stumbled across home invaders, she struck out only to find she had killed her children. (gasps)
2: Oh no!
1: We shouldn't have laughed. Uh,
2: It's too late, we already did! (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: Could she still be there, uh, uh, stuck in the emotion of the terrible act she committed? And uh, one other story relates to Halloween Eve, uh, uh, the fest- Halloween festivities at the dorm. Girls have an hour to try to find the secret passageway. It oh, is rumored fun. that one of these celebrations led to the death of two young women who were found beneath a hidden staircase. Can it be one of them? Whatever the story, the sto- the, whatever the true story turns out to be, someone. Is still walking the halls of Sessions House and keeping an eye on things and the people who still reside and work there today. Ooh. In that incredibly progressive, forward thinking college. I know. <laughs> I love
0: that the incredibly progressive, forward thinking college is also like, and here are our ghosts.
1: Right. So also,
0: cool. our ghosts. So, if you were going to live in any one of those, which one would it be?
1: I think it had to be sessions. Sessions.
0: I, the I want to know staircase. about the sta- yeah. I want yeah. to know about the staircase.
2: That staircase still what there. What happens
0: if somebody finds it and then they get stuck in it and they can't get out and nobody knows where it is?
1: <laughs> they think well, about
0: that I ahead think, of time.
1: I think somebody knows where it is, and they probably oh. it's a time limit. So if someone does get stuck in the like, well, they're clearly in the fucking. Yeah. We'll go look for the stairs.
0: <laughs> they have a check-in and I mean, they, a check-out. They have
1: checkpoints for that. <laughs>
2: all, right. all right, just making sure.
0: That was amazing. Thank you. Thank, thank you. And so thank you for college. all the
1: preparation that. Uh, um, you know that, that I found online and the college itself and the history. A lot of that information came from the, the Sophian and the Wikipedia and the, and the uh, mass paranormal. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. And I just thought a really fucking cool college with a lot of really good ideas working for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, and also yeah, yeah. weird anniversary.
1: That's weird anniversary. <sighs> so what have you? I know you you uh, you went off the beaten path today. I did. And you brought us some stuff from. The, the Philippines. Philippines, yes. Ooh! Yes. Do we need to take a pee and a A little bit, break? a
0: little bit. Yes, let's take a little break, right. and then we'll get to it. And we're back.
1: Oh, I'm so ready to okay. be terrified by what you yeah. tell me. all
0: right, so... I,
1: I have an idea.
0: I know we'll probably end up in Europe, because we sure. can't not. They, um, have col- they
1: have colleges over there.
0: Right, but there are certain areas of the world that if I hear some creepy ass ghost story that makes no sense, I'll be like, yeah,
1: fucking believe it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the Philippines is one of those yeah.
0: places.
1: <laughs> I, I 100% agree with you there. I'm like, yep. Yep. That story wouldn't fly here in the states, but it totally fucking happened there. I fucking one hundred percent believe it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this is the University of the Philippines. Mm. Uh, now, do not get angry with me if I mispronounce anything, please, because I'm going to mispronounce everything. Let's just own that right now, and then everybody can get along. <laughs> I'm gonna get it all fucking wrong.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I won't be able to tell thank if you're doing you. it right thank or wrong you. because I am uh, because I am also an American.
2: <laughs> great, great. But I mean,
0: you know, out there in the listener
2: world. Yes.
0: Okay, so we, just laugh at me and roll on. Um, uh, so we've uh, got, I used Wikipedia, wattpad.com, rappler.com, twinkleviral.com, taste.company, and Human Rights Watch. Ooh. So I'm going to start with one of the uh, urban stories, urban legends. There are a lot of urban legends at the school. Uh, and so this is one that stood out to me that I feel like is a great start to what we're about to get into. So a young woman was on her way to a dorm one night and caught an I caught Jeep or an I caught Jeep. I'm not sure how you say it. Of course, like I said, uh, it's kind (laughs) of like a taxi and a bus had a very packed packed public transportation baby. (laughs) Right? Like A PPTB? Right, exactly. She was the only one on the Jeep, and she noticed that the driver kept looking at her through the rearview mirror. She started to get a little concerned about this driver, so as they neared her dorm, she asked the driver to stop so she could just walk the rest of the way. (laughs) However, (laughs) the driver ignored her, he instead took a different route, taking her away from the dorm. The young woman started to become afraid that this driver was going to do something awful to her. But before, as you, would. as you would assume, before she could think of a way to escape, the driver drove back to the same area and dropped her off directly in front of her dorm. Frazzled, she hurriedly left the Jeep. The driver called after her and told her to burn her clothes as soon as she got home. What confused the fuck? even more she asked him why because when you got on the jeep you did not have a head oh the driver then explained that's a
1: fucking twist
0: jesus uh huh the driver then explained that he had driven this strange route to confuse whatever spirit that had attached itself to her but think, oh. when he saw her head appear again he knew he'd lost the spirit Oh. And that's when he took her back.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
0: And he wanted so that... her to burn her clothes so that the spirit was less likely to find her again.
1: Oh my God, that's fucking terrifying. Welcome. So complicated. That's such a complicated ghost story. There's so many things going on. I know. So much to unpack. I have so many feelings. I know. <laughs> Welcome to the Philippines. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, oh, that's a fucking starter. That's <laughs> and there are different Jesus. versions of the story too. In some, it's... uh She's the last one left uh, on the on the bus and he keeps looking at her. And some, he tells her he's worried that the spirit's gonna kill her and it's a warning to watch out. And the next day he dies and it turns out it was a warning for him the whole time, not oh, for her.
1: Also a good twist. Also a great twist. Oh, these are all great. They're these great. Are all- so- these are all, I feel like these are all the results of very, very, very productive writers' meetings.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> like they, they were serving lobster and champagne yeah, in that writer's room.
0: Yeah, so this is one of the well-known stories oh. around the University of Philippines. Oh, God, I love it. So on June 18th, 1908, the University of the Philippines was established through an act of the first Philippine legislature known as the University Act, very original title, which specified the function of the university, which is to provide advanced instruction in literature, philosophy, the science and arts, and to administer professional and technical training. So they do have a a really heavy emphasis on the arts, which I think is really cool. I love that. The colleges of medicine, liberal arts, and fine arts were all in Manila, while the school of agriculture was in Los Baños Laguna. As more colleges were added, law, engineering, agriculture, and forestry, the university decided to look for a larger ha- site to house more of the university together. Because it was spread out among okay. the city or among the country. So they found a 493 hectare lot in Dillman, Quezon City, then a town in the province of Rizal, which is about 10 miles east of Manila. A hectare? is about two and a half acres. So the university site is over 1,200 acres and the construction began in 1939. This is a big school
1: now. and the idea. Like, and it's, it's like 100 hectares. It's
0: not. 403 hectares, something like that. Hectors. Um, so <laughs> it's a hector, yeah. I looked up the pronunciation too. I was like, how do you say that? Because it looks like- I've
1: always thought it was hectare, but hectare. I mean, hectare sounds very Latin. But when I-, I like, Hector is it. easier to say. Hector,
0: yeah. Hector. But Yeah, when I listened to it, that's what it said. Hector. Hectare
1: just sounds like hectare. me trying to avoid it sounding like someone's name.
0: Hectare. Which means
1: it's, pri- Hectare. <laughs> uh,
2: so
0: anyway, uh, that's the school they're still in uh, I think the agriculture building is still in Los Baños. Mm-hmm. Um and so that is also equally haunted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
0: it's just it's there's a lot that happens. So along with World War II, can the Japanese Imperial Army, who occupied three Diliman campus buildings, Benitez Hall, which is the College of Arts and Sciences, Malcolm Hall, which uh, houses the Colleges of Law, and the Business Administration Building. They also occupied the College of Agriculture in Los Baños. By 1949, the university was again teaching students, and it has grown and added multiple colleges over the years. Mm -hmm. The University of the Philippines now has eight constituent universities and four basic education schools located in 15 campuses across the country. Wow. It's big. It's It's the, I think, the national...
2: Okay. school.
0: Wow. There, are, there are many other schools, and many of them are very haunted.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so most of them are. So uh, this is just one of many that are haunted, but this is the... Oh, we
2: could just come back, one back to the, the best Philippines again, and, the again Philippines. and
0: again and again. I know, oh, I know.
1: Especially if they have stories like
0: that. I mean, just wait. Okay, oh, so, of course, general college life would cause plenty of hauntings over the course of the university's history. As we know, emotions run high, stress is yep. high when you're in college, yep. there's not yep. a lot of sleep, there's a lot of heartbreak, things like that happen. Mm. And the Japanese occupation of the university would have only helped hauntings. After all, the combined death toll of Filipino citizens alone was about 100,000. Oh, God. Yeah. But here are a few other like- things, I yeah, there was a lot of things I didn't know, but here are a few other things that could have an effect on the energy in that particular area. In October of 1603, mm. fearing an uprising by the large Chinese community In the Philippines, the Spanish colonists decided to attack it before it could ever happen, carried out a preemptive massacre largely in the Manila area. Mm. Remember, we're like less than 10 miles away. Right, yeah. 20,000 Chinese people were killed. Oh my God. Yes. Huge massacre because they thought they might uprise.
1: Jesus Christ, 20,000 people? Yes.
0: Yes, Fuck. and that and that could not have been all within Manila. You know, it had to have been yeah. out. On top of that, so
1: like we got to kill them, they're going to kill us. I'm right. like, Why don't you just make friends with them?
2: Right? Let's you be could friends. go and make
1: friends. Like bring, bring them a nice like, gift and gold. basket, silver, silver gold, and gold. something. But then first like is like, no, we got to, we got to. No, the only answer we've we've gone yeah. through this, we've thought it out that we have to kill twenty thousand people. It's the only possible way.
0: Right. Well, Ugh. to revisit that, also mostly in Manila, so in the surrounding areas. On October 9th of 1820, a deadly cholera epidemic led to a massacre wherein a mob of about 3,000 men killed Europeans, mostly Spanish and Chinese nationals.
2: What what, because did, they, had, what they did they thought cholera?
0: they had they were bringing cholera in so oh, if they killed them. so
1: they were like this is our version thing. of quarantine.
0: Preemptive massacre.
1: Ugh.
2: Yes.
0: Then in 1971, the Diliman Republic became the Diliman Commune. From January to February, the campus became a battleground between militant students protesting the deteriorating conditions of the country and police officers. The students completely barricaded the campus and established full control of the facilities. There were several attempts by the police to assault the campus, but they were unsuccessful. I believe one student was killed by a professor at this time period. Oh, um, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but if they were creating, and it was inspired by the the French commune. I yeah. can't remember exactly what it's called. It was inspired by a couple of different uh, things. But if if conditions in the country are so bad that they do this as a protest, it explains the kind of violence and the kind of yeah. atmosphere. You know, Their poverty is rampant. Mm. People live in cemeteries because oh. they can do that without being bitched at. Ah. Things like the gardens. Stuff like that. So, oh, it's horrible. There's been a lot of violence in and around the area. Most recently, uh, President Duterte, I think that's how you say it, his war on anyone who can spell the word drug. That's what I call it. He calls it a drug war. It's more than that. (sighs) Uh, According to the Philippine Mm. Drug Enforcement Agency, 4,948 suspected drug users and dealers. So, he thinks drug users should be killed as well. Uh, Just users. Um,
2: Jesus Christ Addiction
0: doesn't matter Uh, They died during police operations So it's almost Uh. 5,000 people From July 1st of 2016 To September 30th of 2018
1: God Just over two years Yeah Holy shit
0: But this number does not include The thousands of others Killed by unidentified gunmen Many of whom are assumed To be off-duty police officers Or assassins hired to take out Anyone suspected of buying Or selling drugs According to the Philippine National Police, 22,983 such deaths since the war on drugs began are classified as homicides under investigation.
1: At what point, from an internal policy perspective, do you go, we're having to kill way too many people, this isn't working? Right. Like at what point do you go like, ah, the, yeah, we but need a new tactic. here's crazy
0: thing. It is violent and extreme and, Crime is down twenty percent because people are living in fear.
1: Well, it's down twenty percent because so many people are dead. A
0: lot of people approve, but it's like if you disapprove, what's going to happen to you? Yeah, I'm there was a story to... about one guy oh who was—he um, he, he had—he uh, was a meth user, mm. and he was on his front porch. He had already talked to the cops. They knew he was a meth user, but he wasn't selling it, anything like that. Um, and he was on his or he was outside a building with his friend and his friend had the same issue and he's like the way things are going i'm going to be dead next and they saw a masked man who they assumed to be a cop the way that he stood and the way he his hand hovered over where his gun would be
2: yeah.
0: and another guy joined him and before the guy knew it one of those men had shot his friend dead right in front of him. Oh so he runs away. God. More people come out of the woodwork chasing him. He gets shot as he gets on his motorcycle to go away, mm-hmm. motorbike, whatever. And um, he slumps on it and plays dead. And then they run off. And that's the only reason he survived is because he played dead. Jesus Christ. So people are getting murdered in the thousands right now.
1: That is... Fucking terrifying! Yeah. I, I'd heard a little something about it, but I didn't know. Yeah, it was definitely, that bad. people should
0: look into how oh bad this is because God. I was blown away. Uh, I just don't. I mean, it's I, not. It's not. I can't even get
1: known. my head around that. I cannot get my yeah. head around that. But I mean, so that's it,
0: closing in on at least thirty thousand people. Jesus Christ! In two years.
1: Yeah. Well, now yeah, naturally, crime's going to be down. It's only being committed by the people that are supposed right. to prevent it.
0: Yeah, that crime isn't being reported.
1: Fucking shit!
0: Right. Um, yeah, crime is down. Murder is up. What a surprise. Mm. Yeah. And the Humane Society was like, this is not humane. And the president said, oh, you talk about being humane. I'm talking about human life because he does not feel as though, you know, people who have an addiction or are selling drugs have the right to live, I guess. God damn it. Yeah.
1: I just can't get my mind around that. I cannot get my mind about that perspective. I, why, <clears throat> why are people in power so often such fucking psychopaths? Yep. yep. Oh, so, does it make you a psychopath? Or do you have to be a psychopath to even seek out a position of power in the first place? That's the question. Right. But I, it's no one rocking right well, answer and you know, it here, and know, the majority
0: of the people that are being killed are poverty stricken. They're the people who can't fight back.
1: Yeah, and they so, the people no one else cares about, so they're easy pickings.
0: Right, so God. it's easy for everybody else to be like, oh yeah, no, it's great, it's because just it's not you, me, so. How
1: could you, as in, in any fucking world, how could you, as a, as the a leader that like it fights for those policies, tooth and nail, and like speaks out for them as this guy does, how could you feel proud about that? How could you ever feel proud about having to kill that many people? Yeah. Imagine helping that many
0: people. I know. Wouldn't that be, what a weird concept. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we're going to
0: leave the horrible violence and awful things that happened and get into the horrible ghost stories (laughs) and urban legends.
2: I mean, okay. (laughs) Because the
0: school is over 100 years old and, you know, it's very hard to find a lot of facts about deaths and things like that, real stories that happened, at the colleges, at most colleges, honestly. But in the Philippines, it's even harder um, to find out the truth behind things. Mm -hmm. But there are so many fucking stories, I just decided to tell them. So here we go.
1: Please do, please do.
0: So home to the College of Education, Benitez Hall is one of the oldest buildings on campus. So it's naturally considered one of the most haunted. It was also a former interrogation camp of Japanese soldiers during Uh. World War II. So you know, it's haunted.
1: <laughs> fuck yeah
0: one story goes that an artist who did a portrait of the departed dean dean Benete- Benitez ben- Benitez Benitez yeah Benitez. uh they mixed the dead's ashes into the paint every night the dean now comes down from the painting and roams the halls even attending and observing the practice ledgers of would-be
1: teachers that's oh. just good artistic technique right <laughs> and I've also read stories where its the
0: artist will take multiple like that's what they do. They do paint with ashes of deceased, and that's. I think
1: what they that's paint. kind of fucking cool. It's kind of cool. I'm not lie.
0: It's cool. Is it a stretch? I don't know, but it's cool. It's a great. It's, it's a, great
1: a great story. Idea. I don't and know. I
0: don't know. Maybe culturally, that's a normal thing.
1: I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just the energy of. of I think belief plays a huge role in mm-hmm. in what in, in the. Uh, the available raw material for the paranormal manifestations to use. Right. So I think if, yeah I, I you know, that's not saying that, that it, it's only in the heads of people seeing it, but you know, we, we create our own reality. and, it's and so and, true. And it's consensus reality is a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So one professor in the beneath Hall was having class when she became irritated at two students in the back of the room who seemed to be too busy looking at the door and whispering to each other to pay attention. She stopped them after class and asked them why they weren't paying attention. They answered they had been looking at a man in white who'd been staring at the teacher as he watched her through the door. Hashtag bastards in white.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag peeping Tom in white.
0: Yeah, after describing the man, uh, the student and the teacher, the students and the teacher eventually went to the library to find out who this person was, uh, if he worked at the school or what. And he, they were led to a picture of a man, that the man that the girls saw mm-hmm. in class,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which was Dean Benito. Benitez. I don't know. I want to add a syllable to it. Um, You're doing great. Thank you. It was Dean Benitez, the man that the college had been named after. The librarians then explained that while the dean was alive, he would walk the hallways and look in on teachers during class.
2: Mm.
1: Just as
0: they'd seen him.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Another story has it that a couple of professors, or one professor, it depends on how you read the story, but a couple of professors were caught in a heavy downpour at night and asked the building security guard to let them stay until the rain let up. The guard agreed, but he made them promise they would lock the door and not open it again until he specifically came back and knocked on the door. They agreed and proceeded to lock the door after the guard left. After a little while, they heard footsteps in the hallway that seemed to be getting closer and closer to the room. They stopped as soon as they got outside of the door. One professor looked out the keyhole to see if the security guard had come back to get them, but all she saw was the color red. Just red, nothing else. Hmm. It was weird. The professor agreed to leave the door closed at that point. Like, I don't know what that is. Awful. A few hours later, the guard returned and he knocked at the door. They opened the door and he said it was okay for them to leave. When they told him they'd heard footsteps along the hallway and saw red through the keyhole, the guard told them there was a spirit that was known to roam the hallways at certain times of night, which is why he wanted her to lock herself in a room. Oh. Reportedly, the spirit is known to have large,
1: blood-red eyes. <gasps> oh! Die. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, no, God damn it. So many twists. Oh, <laughs> Philippines, why are you so good at ghost storying? God, fucking damn it, my heart just left <laughs> into my fucking throat. Oh. oh
0: yeah, they're really good. Okay, oh, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, then you have the reports that come from the integrated school nearby, which has a full view of the building. Students have reported witnessing a young woman jumping from the top floor and vanishing before she hits the ground. Mm -hmm. Another woman who wears white has been seen walking the halls in slippers. She's comfortable. Sleepy bitch in white. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that.
1: Comfy bitch in white.
0: And the other thing too is that there are reported murders. There's some really violent ones. Mm. Um, of you know women in particular, mm-hmm. um, rapes and murders of women. Oof. I didn't want to get into some of those. We just have to know that they have happened like any college they've happened.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, so that's a real
0: so thing dark. too, to keep in mind um, as yeah. we move forward. Not in this next story though. The College of Music at Abelardo Hall. For the safety of the students, the College of Music set up a curfew. A bell rings at 8 p.m. and all the students have to leave the building before a janitor locks it down. Seems odd, knowing that most art students stay around until the wee hours of the morning, working on whatever they're working on. I know yeah. I did in theater. I'm sure you and did. musicians,
1: yeah, especially. you yeah. like, like four in the morning yes. practicing.
0: Yes, practicing. When you need an instrument or a practice room to keep from pissing off your entire dorm, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> frustrating to have to leave so early in the evening. <laughs> it's like, um, goddammit. <laughs> but I have to get this right by tomorrow. <laughs> um, and that's practice. Before the curfew, students can stay until whenever they wanted, but they still had what they considered an unofficial curfew. And this comes from teachers currently there Uh from when they were students they knew it was time to leave when you started hearing someone else playing singing or dancing to your music when you were the only one around
1: that is fucking terrifying
0: (laughs) even now janitors will go to get a stubborn student out of a practice room when they hear them playing the piano only to find that there are no students left in the building then you have the gamelan room. Gamelan is a traditional Indonesian music made up predominantly of percussive instruments.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Did I say it right? Gamelan. I, I think it. it might be gamelan. I, I put it's in it, the way I heard it was gamelan like ran gamelan. gamelan. Yeah,
1: you're probably right. Then I'm not sure. I, I, know, um, I know I know what the music. I want to what say gamelan, looks like And I know and I know the word, but I don't think I come to think of it. I don't think I've ever heard it. Pronounced. It looks
0: like gamelan.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's a really cool instrument
0: yeah so in the room the biggest gong in the ensemble starts vibrating by itself at midnight it's believed that every gamelan gamelan set is inhabited by spirits whom you must not offend which is why you must treat the instruments with respect and never step over them
1: or you will never have children of your own oh i said instruments and it's like a it's a suite it's a whole suite of instruments sorry i was wrong yeah 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 that's really cool i get but um yeah sorry I'm, I'm yeah yeah
0: now you know now yeah. i know now well, i mean I know. it's not something you see it's not common here so it, i thought it was interesting but
1: the but uh gamelan music inspired a lot of the minimalists here in, in oh, the united states in the cool. early 60s oh. like people like philip glass and especially like terry riley and um it's a really cool i actually recently studied some gamelan techniques for composition which oh, really? really interesting cool. yeah anyway sorry go on.
0: that's very cool um well you're not supposed to step over them
2: i or did you not have know your that own children somewhere.
0: which i feel I like is just cheap birth control
2: might <laughs> I have one? That's
0: I told Jack about that and he was like, "But that might just be because you won't live long enough to have children." And I was like,
1: Go. "Oh god, yeah." good point. Yeah, read Didn't the fine print. It. Always read the fine, read the fine print. print. Yes.
0: There's always a catch. <laughs> <laughs> just like real birth control. Okay, so several <laughs> several piano professors also claim there's a little girl who wanders around the second floor of the annex building at night. You'll most likely see her if you're the last person left practicing. Ooh, yeah.
1: Everyone's a critic. Yeah.
0: And there's <laughs> Kalayan Hall, Kal- Kalayan, Kalayan, I don't know. It's a hall. It's a resident hall exclusively for freshmen and I'm sure they're all very excited to know they're living in a haunted nightmare. <laughs> In one story, a freshman was on her way to PE class when she was killed in a grassy area near the Department of the Military Science and Tactics. Her body was found the day, the next day. Oh. The creepy part is that... Uh, That's re- not the creepy part? I mean, that is creepy. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. The ghost part.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, it's ter- That's terrifying and horrifying, but creepy.
2: Gotcha,
0: gotcha. <laughs> uh, is that the uh, resident assistant, the RA, saw her walking into her room that night and reprimanded her for trailing water and mud in the hallway. The RA called her f- to get her attention, but she just kept walking. Frustrated, the RA followed her into her room and upon opening the door, found no one there. She found out the next day that the girl had already been killed by the time she had seen her. And she continued to see her walking with mud, trailing mud and yeah. Another story has it that a woman supposedly shows up in the mirror facing the stairs to the second floor of the girl's wing. Some have been advised to avoid glancing in the mirror because they might just find another face staring back. Then you have the infant center. So it's it's, I think where they learn like childhood education and infant care and stuff like that. Students regularly hear a baby's laughter.
1: That's fucking, it's- Need I say
0: more? Need I say more? It's
1: a beautiful sound when you can see the living, breathing baby it's coming from. It's a horrifying sound in just about every other context. Yeah,
0: we don't have to say more, but we're gonna. So, (laughs) sometimes cabinet doors will be found open that have been closed, and some residents of the center have woken up comfy and snuggled in blankets, only to realize when they went to bed, they didn't have any blanket on the bed.
1: But it's still nice it's of the coast to be like it is. to care for them and want yeah. them to so be more and Yeah, so residents
0: studying particular things with children have to stay there. I think they have to take care of babies. Okay, like it might be like an arrangement. I'm not entirely sure. There's also the Sampaguita dorm. dorm. Uh, one student was brushing her teeth when the face of another woman looked out of the mirror at her. She immediately started praying to her rosary, only to hear the raspy voice of the woman. Praying along with her.
1: <laughs> that's going to be a terrifying turn of events. I when you're know. like I'm going to...
2: Our, like father, a bed. our, <laughs> our father
1: who art... Or it's just like, ah! the, or the ghost, like the ghost is like, Oh, Rosary, that's a good idea. Yeah, and let's do this. You're go, terrifying and you're, like, me. and you're like, what? Yeah, the ghost is like, oh, God.
0: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> that one, I don't know why that one sticks with me so much. It's just, it's, yeah. like, that's what you're doing to feel safe, and it just does it with you.
1: It's like it's mocking you. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: let do it. It'll be fun. I'll do it
2: with you. Like when
0: you see people in movies that are trapped, and they scream, and then the other person screams at them. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: oh <laughs> That's scary.
1: Oh, God.
0: Okay. There are several stories of girls washing their faces and looking up at the mirror to see another woman smiling back at them. Mm. They usually run out of the bathroom before finishing washing their faces. So there's stories of girls with soapy faces just running downstairs, <laughs> using like bottles of water to wash up, you know. Other students have seen a black shadow with red eyes peeping in on them while oh, they shower. Oh, There's showers. the red eyes
1: again. Mm-hmm. Only like the red eyes.
0: The theater in Palma Hall. Uh, it is said to have it's, its own resident spirit as well, because theater.
1: Because theater, science,
0: science, uh, ghosts—it has it. Uh, Her origins are said to be that of a young theater actress in her prime, choosing to end her life because she was overshadowed by a newcomer. This is a fucking trope. (laughs) We've heard it in lots of theaters. All female, like actresses, are not all jealous. It's silly. Other tra- and you don't know, often things. hear
1: of of male actors no um, being jealous you know, being jealous. Of other, yeah, uh,
0: I think what it is is it's just an easy story to tell when they don't know and they think that the, the yeah. ghost is a woman. So oh, oh she on must
1: stereotypes, you right? Know, like Forget the fact
0: that actors are all fucking dramatic. I mean, hello.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
0: So those at the school refer to her as Marisa. Sounds like a typical trope, but that doesn't mean the theater isn't haunted by something else. This particular spirit is said to play around with the current cast of actors and actresses during their respective performances. Students of the university also claim to feel a strong presence in the shabby bathrooms of Palma Hall, where purported spirit sightings abound and become ghost stories that add to the immense roster of U.P. Diliman's legends and myths.
1: I love having a ghost going, yes and,
0: yes, yes and, and, yes
2: and, yes and.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's terrifying too. The pathway
0: to Beta Epsilon. Just across Palma Hall is a moderately lit pathway that leads to Beta Epsilon boarding house.
1: <laughs> moderately lit sounds like that was a moderately lit. It's
0: moderate. There's some light there, isn't a lot, but there's
2: like some light
0: there. In the middle of this narrow path is a bridge where the body of a young woman was found. A young man, I'm sorry, was found. He perished from a fight with some men trying to save a young woman from being attacked. The hero's name is Merwin G. Mendoza, and you can find the tribute plaque for him on the side of the concrete steps on the mouth of the pathway.
1: So he was trying to save a woman at he was these trying to save a woman were... and he
0: was killed while oh. trying to rescue someone. Oh. And there's a plaque. This is this is real.
2: This okay. is legit. Okay. Uh
0: Merwin allegedly shows up on the pathway and the bridge, but he is known to be a kind spirit. But people will feel well, him He touched
1: sounded like a really really stand-up kind of guy I in know. life.
0: I know. So hmm. That's Merwin. Then there's formerly Gonzalez Hall. I am not going to pronounce the current name because I can't,
2: <laughs> just gonna
0: say it. it. was formerly Gonzalez Hall and that's all we need to know. If you're going to University of Philippines, you know what I'm fucking talking about. And if you don't, then you don't care. All right. <laughs> In the front of the, of the building is a concrete bench. One night, a student sitting on the bench was told by a guard to leave with a man sitting next to her. What was the problem? Aha. No man was there. Mm -hmm. As soon as the student asked the guard what the fuck he was talking about, a smoke or mist formed behind her in the shape of a man before vanishing. I can only assume she went she left after that and probably the garden did as well. <laughs> uh, the sunken garden. A man without a head has been reportedly seen in the gardens. The garden got its name because the ground sinks a few inches every year. A student who is belie- who believed that the stories surrounding the garden were bullshit took it upon himself to dispel the rumors. He did this by challenging himself to hang out in the garden for three days. In those days he would go to the garden to do his homework and study. The first two days were uneventful But the third day...
1: Third time's a charm. It was a charm,
0: yeah. As he studied, he felt someone come up from behind him. When he looked behind him, he saw the figure of a headless man. (sighs) That's what he fucking gets.
2: You can't
1: reason with a headless man. If
0: you go to find a headless man, you cannot be upset when you find a headless man.
1: <laughs> there are... Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished
2: Why are you upset? That's right. There are
0: so many stories from the University of Philippines, um, so I can't include them all, of course, if you have any, please in them. Um, yes. But I'm going to end on this story. Okay. It's from Vinzen's Hall, And this story pretty much sums up what I think you can expect at the building and pretty much the whole school. Right. Mm. It was a pretty busy day on the first floor on this particular afternoon at Vincent's Hall, especially when you consider it was a Saturday. One student was trying to study, but he found it hard to focus with all the activity going on around him. Although he was waiting for a friend to meet with him, he decided to gather his things and head upstairs. The second floor was quiet and peaceful, exactly what the student was looking for. As he studied, he started getting a little chilly, so he grabbed his coat. While he was putting it on, he heard a strange sound coming from the men's restroom. It kind of sounded like a hushed yet deep whisper. As he listened, he realized what he heard sounded like a woman gasping. Of course, he thought, someone is making out in the restroom.
1: (laughs) Maybe a little more than making out. Maybe not. Someone's getting late. They're gasping.
0: Yeah. A few minutes later, the friend he'd been waiting for came out of the bathroom. (laughs) And they gestured to his friend and he was like, "Uh, I heard that. Who's in the bathroom with you? He heard a woman's voice. He knew that there was someone in there with him. The friend said he was the only one in the restroom. He joked that the hall was supposedly haunted by a young woman who'd hanged herself, and that maybe she was trying to say hello to the student. Irritated, the student said he'd go to the restroom himself, since he didn't believe in anything supernatural. Plus, he had to go to the restroom. So, as he sat down on the toilet to take care of business... He felt something gently pressing down on his head, as if someone was patting his head or smoothing his hair.
2: Oh. When the student looked
0: up, he saw a young girl hanging by her neck, <gasps> her eyes bulging from their sockets. Her face was deathly pale, and the soles of her feet were dangling right above him, rubbing against his hair. Ah! He got up and left, and when he looked back before leaving, shutting the door, she wasn't there. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh.
0: oh God! <laughs> Let's all have nightmares! Yay! They're so nightmares. scary. These oh are my God! So scary. That's yes. great. Those are great
1: stories. So
0: uh, just
1: well constructed stories.
0: I know they oh really have done their work in the they
1: Philippines. Really, they really are ghosts. Know how to haunt.
0: And there's so many. I can't believe that they're all just stories. Like all of this stuff has to come from somewhere and experiences right. and stuff like exactly,
2: that. Exactly. Exactly. We
0: can all make up you know, joke, or just not jokes. Well, we can make up jokes too, but stories about, you know, add to the story. You know, that happens, right, telephone right. happens. Right, there's,
1: there's generally a grain of truth.
0: Yeah, in, behind. In, in,
1: especially if the story is is old, like if it's class. Right. Like it gets distorted over time. And I still think, I still think sometimes an energy just present in place will take, will manifest itself in a way that reflects the story being yes. told. So sometimes, like, oh, no, there is no woman who died here, but that's the story being told. Mm-hmm. So that's the form it takes. Right. And I, I think that happens. Whatever that, that happens. energy is. Ooh. Ooh. Well,
0: especially you talk about poltergeists, too. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. a lot of poltergeist mm-hmm. activity, and they yep. hear them ta- they present themselves as yep. what people want to see. Yeah.
1: Topas. They're topas. Thought forms made real. That's right. Oh.
0: But, uh, so good. God. These college. Oh, it was awesome. I oh. hope that they're freaking you guys out as much as they're freaking us out. I can
1: feel out. everyone just collectively shuddering. And like, I, I feel like I feel like a few listeners have probably paused.
0: And <laughs> just taken a little and, break. <laughs>
1: and come back after a few hours or a day or two. <laughs> and I don't blame you guys. I really, yeah. really don't.
0: Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ah!
1: Oh, so good. So we're on oh to God. some more
0: universities next week. Yes, yes. Um. So I hope you guys are enjoying our little theme. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for listening.
2: Right. And we're sorry, we're sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At
1: least
0: we're not scared alone. Uh, and I mean, um, you got
1: what you signed up for, that's really. right.
0: You knew what was going to happen. Um, we also, you know, of course, you can go to goolintentions.com. We have t-shirts available. Uh, we have, um, you can submit your own stories there. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can... Uh, you,
1: Tell Listen. us about your haunted college. You can tell
0: us about your haunted colleges or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, schools of any kind. And, uh, you know, also you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, all of that jazz as all well. All the social
1: medias. That's
0: right. That's right. Um, so anyway, there's all of that. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else?
1: Thanks to our Patreons. Where, as always, we love you guys. Where are
0: you going to be next week? I'm
1: going to be... Um... Dallas?
0: Are we in Dallas?
1: No, that's not for a couple more weekends. Oh, okay. That's toward the end of the month. Okay. That is the exact end of the month, actually. So yeah. no. Next next weekend I'm I'm here in town. I'm here. <gasps> that's I'm excited. You'll
0: be in Dallas two weekends in a row. Oh my god. One of them will be in a One of them be gone, but I'll but still, still be. Home. It'll be here in Dallas. Uh, Yay home. But uh, so uh yes, we don't know if we're gonna have a panel yet at at yeah, convention in Dallas, sure. mainly because we haven't really asked since so we <laughs> talked about it. We'll follow up on that and let you know. We, probably should. we should
1: probably figure <laughs> that out. We, uh, we know the promoter pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're probably just taking it all for granted, but we yeah. should really let him yeah. know about it. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. So, uh, but anyway, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon. There's a link at the top of the website as well, or you could just search us on Patreon. Um, <laughs> everybody's been super amazing and supportive. And so we want to just thank you guys for that as well. (laughs) And remember,
1: it's it's okay okay to sleep with with the the lights lights on, especially in the Philippines.